seconds left. Third and goal. Here's Rising. Steps up, throws, in zone! Caught! Touchdown! The O'Hara's got it! And Utah scores. Now they need two to try to tie this game with 16 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. This from 37 for Some sweet catches. Oh. oh, he got under it. He got under it. That was close. To review, the ruling on the field has been changed. Oh, to an incomplete it's pass. over. The game is over. San Diego State wins in triple overtime. 33-31. Aztecs start the season. A perfect 3-0. What a finish from Carson. All Utes, all the time. This is your Ute Preview Show with Hanson Scotty on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Well, Utes back-to-back losses. Dropping a game to BYU, dropping a game to San Diego State. One and two to start the season. It's your Ute Preview Show. The great Frank Dolce is with us. Hi, Frank. Hi, Scotty. How are you? Hey, Scotty. That's how you open the show. Well, Lloyd just played about a minute and a half worth of highlights of Utah losing. Well, can we can we have some optimism around here? By the way, you don't be that guy. I have a bad. I have a terrible. This funny taste in my mouth. That it, it, you're eating a whatchamacallit. Well, that last segment. Hey, you made weren't me even. You slightly I mean, uncomfortable. Try sitting next to him during all of this. Try making it 15 I years. Mean, I mean, it's... Our guy you know. almost gave him a lap dance for crying out loud. It was... I, I mean, I, I appreciate someone who, you know... Appreciates a person. Yeah. Oh. But that was... I mean, that was... High-level appreciation. That was, that was different. Did you like the poem? I was... Uh, I mean, I was impressed by the poem. I mean, <laughs> impressed by the poem? I'd, I'd like to be able to write that way, but maybe under in, in different circumstances, I guess. I yeah. it's great. Anyway, um, <clears throat> anyway, anyway, so, congratulations on your 15-year <clears throat> anniversary. Appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, we also have apparently, <clears throat> and I'm just going to set up the ball and the tee and then let hands deal with this. Um, Perfect. I love but, it. But apparently there's some house cleaning that has to be done here because – Hans is not happy about a particular golf trip that you guys or a golf game that you guys. What played. happened? Apparently, uh, you are being accused of being a bit of a ringer. That you uh, slow played my guy, uh, kind of dogged it on the front nine and then laid it on in the back nine and may have uh, stole a few skittles from my guy here. Interesting. Yeah. That look. I'm just, what do you mean interesting? I'm Don't look away from that's fascinating. I'm just saying on what's being reported on. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's just should we do the? I mean, I can do the scorecard in my head. If you'd like. Well, I, hands pretty much laid out that you had like, what, a par. 44, 45 on the front nine, and then par, bogey, double bogey, 
triple bogey. This is the front nine he's talking about. This is his front nine. Okay. That pulled me in. That was that's five holes. Yeah. Right. Par. We don't need bogey. It. Okay. Par. Par. Okay. That's so the front nine. A, what was it? Forty-seven yeah. on the front or forty-six? Forty. Forty-six on the front. Okay. And then 40, and I 45 a, on the front. And I shot a 42, and so I'm thinking, okay, Frank, let's let's do this. So hands is smelling a little blood in the water, is thinking he can yeah. make a little so I bought So at the turn, I bought him a drink and a sandwich, oh, and I, I think he got a banana and uh, some trail mix or something. It was all buffalo. You didn't, you didn't, eat, the, <laughs> you didn't eat the sandwich? You didn't eat the sandwich. And yeah, so so, so what we hit the on turn. the back? What so we hit the, the turn. Par, bogey, several other pars, and a birdie, and another par. And so that all adds up to even par, correct? A thirty-six. It with ease. It, Scotty, it was the best round I've shot in my life. Uh, okay, so Scotty, you see, do you my believe, entire life. Do you believe what he's telling you? Uh, he shot an even par. I've never seen somebody do it. Lloyd's been golfing his whole life. He's never done it. I've been golfing well, I don't for know. 10 I, or I don't 11 years. I've never done golfed. it. I mean, he grew up in Southern California. i got to imagine you probably grew up at a golf course, right? <laughs> and you grew up wealthy. Oh, my gosh. Listen, none of that is true. I, I can see you. None golf. of that is true. I grew up in South Central. What? That's not true. We had a putt-putt course. Okay. I mean, we had a putt-putt course around... I was running for my it's life. It's not exactly a I, I, Boys in the Hood, you know, Frank Dolce edition over here. What are you talking about? Where did, where did you grow up? In Culver City. Culver. I've driven through Culver. California. That's like Calabasas. That's nothing like Calabasas. You know where Calabasas is, Scotty. That's where the Kardashians grew up. Oh. Fascinating. Yeah. Anyway. I... Did I you, have no shame. Did you slow, I, did you I, slow play my guy? Not at all. Okay. Not one bit. I am telling you, I, that is the best round I've ever shot, best nine holes I've ever shot in my life. Okay. It's the best, well, it's not the best 18, but it's the best nine I've ever and, shot in my life. And you just happened to do it when there was a couple hundred dollars on the line, huh? Whoa. Oh, please. Wow. Please. Like, please. Now, that, now you've lost me. And And by the way. If we if we're airing all the dirty laundry here, somebody skipped out on paying the back nine. I was swindled. Oh, see, that's not okay. Did he try to set up a payment plan? Because that's he didn't even do that. He just went like this. Frank, got to go. He was literally gone. He left. I was took. I shot. I saw a man shoot a thirty-six. I've never seen it before. Me neither. You and I both. Oh, that's so not true. That is absolutely true. Absolutely. Yeah, but you got to pay your debts, man. Come on. Don't worry. I'll. Hey, what, how would, are you in interest of a a buffalo statue? It's a peace offering. <laughs> Tatanka. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, I do love a buffalo. I, a buffalo is is my spirit animal. Well, along with the uh, silver. Frank, if, if you'll forgive eight. the debt, I will forgive. The this is what happens, man. The taking. This is why. You know what? If that makes you feel good, absolutely. I forgive your debt. 
Okay, he's going to take you up on that. Like That's that great. better not be a bluff. I don't, be... I don't care. Thank you. I, you don't owe me. You don't owe me anything for me shooting the best round of my life. I'm I'm happy that you would want to not celebrate that with me. I didn't really want to celebrate. <laughs> Clearly. Cuz I don't feel like Clearly. On the front nine when I can't find a fairway or a green, hands is saying stuff like not your best shot. Not your best putt. I mean, he's trying to go deep yeah. into my head, yeah. and he's just messing with me the whole time. And all of a sudden, you know, I hit, start hitting some decent shots. And then he doesn't talk to you anymore. And then he's, yeah, he's totally trying to distract me. He's talking about villas in Florida and doing something over yonder and where he has, you know, 30 acres of stuff. I mean, totally trying to get me out of my game, <laughs> which I don't have, by the way. I mean, I don't have game. He's got on game. The golf course. Hey, look, I, okay. We did take a wrong turn, by the way. Any oh, my God. <laughs> that was, dri- the, that was the best part. I was driving. We we ended up on from hole 7 to hole 13 somehow. We played three we played, holes on the back nine. And then we finally. In, in the middle of our nine. And then we finally recognized we're on the wrong side of the course. <laughs> And After then we went holes. back so and got actually, back on the so right side. you guys side actually played 21 holes? Yeah. And the best part about it, we pulled up to the hole because we thought it was our next hole, and there was a foursome on, on the box. We're like, can we just jump you guys? Do you mind if we jump <laughs> you? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, go ahead. They didn't know where we came from. Wow. All right. Hilarious. Okay. Well, so you guys are square now. Yeah. You're all good. Yeah, he forgave the debt, and uh, I'm going to think about forgiving him and and <laughs> his bamboozling me. Listen. Man-boozling. I, I, you Man-boozling. can here. You can do whatever you want. I am completely at peace with all of this because that was. You've never shot even par before. Never, because I've never known anybody to shoot even par that I've golfed with. Well, somebody's got to do it for the first time. I mean, the first time for everything here. So, I mean, I was like. I was like this. I was like, I can't believe I get to celebrate this with Hans, my Buffalo person. And Spirit, and then he Spirit and out. then he turned it into he turned it into you cheated. I mean, and this is golf. Like you don't cheat in golf. Oh no, I knew you didn't cheat because I watched every shot and he was good. Yeah, once <laughs> it was very good. And once Hans sees that you're getting it dialed in, he's going to make sure that there's no shenanigans going on. Yeah. No, he's he's opening and closing his his glove while I'm line teeing up. I mean, all of a sudden balls are dropping out of his pockets while I'm trying to putt. I mean, it was the whole thing. It's like, oh, Scott just called me. I don't know where that. <laughs> we got happened. stopped. We got stopped by a guy. Over by uh, wait, the water slides? Call. That did happen. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did have some, somebody give us life advice off the railroad track. We did. It was, it was very good. By the way, okay. All right. Enough of that. We're done. We have business to attend to well, here. Big time business. There's a issue with the University of Utah and their football team, and you said that it's time to, last week after the BYU game, sound the alarm. Yeah. So what's the phrase we use after a loss to San Diego State? Resound the alarm. Like, burn it down. Sound it again. Get, sound it louder. Get a bigger alarm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I don't like the uh, – I don't like the uh, – 
hey, it's a brand new season, O and O in conference, because yeah. that doesn't be, that that doesn't take care of the issues Utah has leading into this game. Um, one critical issue. So if they can't get that figured out, it doesn't matter what the record is in the season. It's That's going to be a problem. What's that issue? Frank will tell you coming up next. We're live here at Tim Daly Nissan and Murray, 4528 South State Street. Uh, they've got 0% financing on 14 different models right now, including the Rogue. You can get that bad boy for $219 a month, an Altima for $239 a month. How about the Pathfinder for $319 a month? Some incredible savings going on right now at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. It's all right here on the Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, the Big Show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. As I consider what Kalani was talking about, that they're trying to not necessarily reinvent anything. They just want to do things better. That's how you have a great season, keying in on what you can do to be better for this next week, not keying in on what happened last week or the week before. And when you play South Florida and the Cougars are, what, a 23-point favorite, the last thing the Cougars want is to lose to a team they're better than. I would guess that the coaches are showing them their mistakes on film and saying, you're certainly playing good football and winning the game, but got to get this block, got to run this route, whatever That's what we're going to find out this weekend, whether they let up or whether they're powering forward. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Ute Preview Show with Hanson Scotty on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's your Ute Preview Show, counting you down to Utah and Washington State coming up this weekend. Joining us now, play-by-play voice of Washington State, Matt Chasnow, kind enough to carve out a few moments for us. Matt, how are you? Hey, Matt. I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Uh, we're doing well. Uh, talk about kind of the range of emotions in that USC game because it felt like uh, Washington State was in a group and ready to pull away, and then USC runs away and hides a bit. What was the uh, what was these the issues that led to USC getting away from Washington State in that game? Probably, probably a multitude of them. But the starting quarterback getting hurt is where you where you look to begin with for Washington State. I mean. Delora was playing his best ball since he got here. It was probably the best the offense had been since Nick Rolovich got here. And then Delora went down, and it was an odd play because it didn't really look like much happened. And he didn't come out the second half. He, he played a little bit in the third quarter, but he was ineffective and then got benched, and the Cougs just couldn't move the ball. Zero yard gained in the third quarter, and that's not going to work against USC even without Clay Helton. So... Also, Drake London's really good. I mean, he's a he's a Sunday guy, and everybody knew it. And he took the game over, and, and credit to him. And and USC did a good job in the second half moving the football. It felt a lot like last year's Utah game, actually, for different reasons, but somewhat similar circumstances in the end. So I want to try to get a better understanding of where Washington State's emotional state is currently. It, opening this season, losing to Utah State. Utah State showing to be a very good team. Uh, getting a win against Portland State and then the USC loss that you were talking about and then some of the different buzz that was going on before the season kicked off. Where Where is their confidence level? Where is this team m- mentally as you see it? Uh, I think there, this is a huge stretch here. You're, you're at Utah, you're at Cal, and then you're home for Oregon State. And 
you if you can split these next two road games, I mean, I know the coaches won't say that, but if you, if you can split the next two, like if you win this game and you're 500, it's a far cry if you lose at Salt Lake City and then lose at Berkeley and you're one and four and there's all this off the field buzz and it, it's going to feel like the wheels could come off. But this is a pretty big game and a, and a really big stretch. I, I think there are two ways to look at it. Like you said, Utah State's really good. They're one of the better teams in the Mountain West this year, I think. I suspect in the end of the year we'll find out the Aggies are one of the top teams in that league. And the Cougs probably weren't supposed to beat USC. There was a version where they could have because they lost their head coach and they're maybe discombobulated to some degree. But USC generally is the most talented team in the Pac South, and they're always one of them for sure. So, you know, you lose a close game against a good team at home and they surprise you in the fourth quarter you lose by a field goal in the end and then you lose to usc you take care of business against portland state you're one and two but it's it's really not so shocking to some degree but the other version is like you said there's all this off the field noise and is nick rolovich gonna keep good going like with what mike leach did and last year's covid year do you lend it any credence Probably not, but now we've seen a little bit of a second-half pattern with last year's Oregon game, last year's Utah game, and this year's USC game. So I I think this middle-of-the-pack schedule here, Utah, Cal, Oregon State, maybe Stanford, these next three, four games are are really important. Do you anticipate, uh, and again, you know, just speculating at this point, do you think Delora could go this weekend, or is it going to be Garantano or uh, Cooper? It's hard to say for sure. Again, that the injury didn't look like much. Um, you know, Delora's been around. He's not like he's gone or anything. He's been around. I don't know. They've, the other thing that Coach Rolovich will do that's a little different is guys will get healthy through the week and may be available Saturday. They don't necessarily have to rep by a certain day at a certain point. So, uh, I think it's a warm-ups question. Uh, yesterday, Garantano and Cooper were taking a lot of the reps, but we've seen four quarterbacks through three games. It's, it's not – you can't take just a Wednesday practice and glean enough from it to really answer that, definitely. Flipping over to the defensive side of things for Washington State, I know they're giving up nearly 450 yards a game defensively, having a hard time stopping the run or the pass Talk about some of the things, maybe the adjustments you might see, or, or are we just going to see a similar defensive performance if, if Utah does put a good offense on the field? Yeah, you know, I, one of the real issues with the defense, which is a, a lot better than those statistics would lead you to believe, is the offense has had a ton of three and outs. See, it's like a third or a quarter of the drives through three games. They've been three and out. So the defense has been really good for a lot of the time, especially in the first half against USC, it's just when you're off the field that fast, puts too much pressure on him. You can only get so many stops. So I don't think you'll see some huge systemic shift. Uh, They have been banged up, and they're getting healthier, which is great. Uh, They're pretty deep at D-line and and corner, and uh, they love their nickelback, Armani Marsh. Of course, everybody knows Jihad Woods at linebacker. He's seventh all-time Coop tackles. I mean, he's one. He's gotten better and better and better. He'll be a. He'll flirt with the NFL. So, I, I think in reality they need all three phases to click before you can really judge 
the defense, which you're right, hasn't been dominant, but it has needs a little bit more help, I think. I, uh, you know, I was there for that Washington State or for that Utah State game, and uh, and I know there were some after the game that uh, thought that Borgie needed more carries. He had 11 against Utah State, 13 in each uh, the games against Portland State and Southern California. Does do they need to find a way to manufacture more touches for him? I think we could see it. I mean, Dion McIntosh is really good. Yeah. And in part, they're running the system pretty much to the the percentage that I think the run and shoot would be. It's about I think it's about 60-40 right now, run and pass, so a little bit not quite exactly 60-40, but that's the ballpark and um maybe we'll see it skewed a little bit more based on the game situation to run and and pass but you know Scott you saw that late three and out in the fourth quarter before that game winning drive I mean that was the type of drive they need to finish on to to win some of these games and maybe that happens with some more handoffs so if this Washington State team were to come into Rice-Eccles Stadium and get competitive and have a chance to win this game at the end what things would you have to see so if you look at the first quarter against USC Delora was playing his best ball, and he was going to the line. He was making a lot of checks, and he was making a lot of switches at the line, which was new. He was staying in the pocket. He really ran the system well. They had a 12-play, 89-yard drive, by far the best he's looked, against one of the better defenses he's played against. You need to do that for four quarters. You need to play consistently strategic, tactful football for four quarters, and, and I think also probably a really big day for maybe both Borgie and McIntosh, or at least one of them, because they've yet to really have that monster day from the running backs. Borgie's averaging 5.9 a touch. McIntosh is averaging 5.1. So it's really good. And maybe they feed them more, or maybe they just, instead of averaging 5.9, they have just a monster game like we've kind of seen Michael Bernard do from time to time. So overall, when you look at uh, when you look at what this landscape of this team looks like and and uh the emotions of what they've dealt with uh is is there still a good vibe around that program right now i know that you know the season hasn't started the way they'd like but is this a team that you feel like is resilient enough that can overcome a little bit of adversity and and try to you know power through this stretch of games that you've just mentioned i mean the practices have been pretty good they're not like packing it in and done with the year three games in. you know it's not like they're, they just lost to USC, and they feel like they can't go win at Utah and can't compete in the pack, and, and it's all a mess, and the off-field stuff is, is too noisy. That's not the vibe. That's not the situation. I, I, I think they're rolling into Utah with a, a game plan. They feel like they just need to duplicate in the second half and not just play in the first half. It, it's not there yet. You know, the spirit of the question of, like, is, is all lost. Like, no, it's, it's not there. In, in reality... They, they probably, and fans probably, assumed based on last year's Utah State record with Gary Anderson and, and that team that they'd maybe be 2-1 and one right now. They're 1-2. and two. So you're one game off that. You're okay. You know, I, I think they feel like going into this year they wanted to compete for a bowl game. And just because you lose the first game to Utah State doesn't mean you can't do that. And, again, I, I think Utah State 
played great. Blake Anderson and, and, and everything that's going on there in Logan right now in just a, a one-year change is a huge difference, and they're playing great. Scott, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm telling yeah. you things I'm sure you already know. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think that, no, they're, they're okay. You know, but, again, if you go through this stretch here and you continue to really struggle in fourth quarters – and you're going at Utah, at Cal, two extremely difficult places to win. The Cougs have not played well in Berkeley, and very few win in Rice-Eccles. This is a big stretch here. You want to try to get through these next three games and feel like you're still on that bowl trajectory because you do get to the middle of the year and your only win is Portland State. Uh, you Watch out. It does start to get a little weird then. Yeah. Well, Matt, we appreciate it, man. Always fun to catch up with you. Uh, good luck the rest of the way, and uh, look forward to catching up with you maybe for that BYU game coming up later in the season. Okay, guys, that sounds great. Yeah, that's right. It's the Utah State yeah. Championship here for, for the Cougs. Pretty funny. Yeah, uh, <laughs> good to talk to you. Thanks, man. There you go. Matt Chazanow, play-by-play voice of Washington State. Maybe they can get Weber on the schedule to end the season and go for the state uh, uh, the state sweep of uh, playing teams here in the state of Utah. Uh, but, yeah, let's say uh, – it's a team that has got some issues. There's no doubt about it. They feel broken to me, but sometimes you even get to hear them. Matt talk. Matt, yeah. it, it, we talked to him before the Utah State game. That's a different tone that Matt had oh, yeah. than he did before the season started. But sometimes, you know, these corner teams that feel like they've got nothing to lose, sometimes they come out and play a different style, and they play loose, carefree. They they say, let's just go have fun. And sometimes when you go have fun and you do your job, sometimes you you come out looking better than when you went in. This is still a team that you got to be very careful with, don't you think, Frank? I mean, this is the type of team that, and and this is the type of situation where you just got to be really careful with it. So, <clears throat> it's a little bit like what Utah State is facing this week, and they have Boise State, right? Correct, Scotty. Yep. Boise State is desperate for a win, and Boise State's been close. And, and Utah State's playing really well, and so I, you, I worry about that game because I think Utah State should win that game, but you're facing a team that's backed against the wall, that mm-hmm. has some pride. And, and a coaching staff that is backed against the wall and needs to come up with a way to win. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, and so I feel like that a little bit with Utah and Washington State, although I think both teams are kind of like in this. And maybe Utah feeling it more so like this desperation about we have to get, you know, we have to get back on track. Right, right. Utah's in their own bind. Yeah. And, and, and I think Washington State has shown some signs. You know, they go up 14-0 against USC. I think they've shown some signs of being good and they sh- and and have shown some signs on the offensive side of being, being good. But but yeah, I I I think this is uh this is a this is an interesting really interesting matchup for Utah with Utah and Washington State. Two teams that need a win. Utah at home maybe just a little more desperation for this football team trying to get their win. Am I the – isn't that funny how that, how that whole thing worked out? Well, listen, no, is hands up? I don't think so. Listen, we're going we're gonna to talk more about Utah-Washington State coming up. We're going to get Scotty and hands fixed up, or maybe we won't. 
Just you and maybe, I, Frank. Maybe Lloyd and I will take us home. So stay with us. You're listening to 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Aggies square off against Boise State for a big Mountain West Conference battle at Maverick Stadium. Hear all the play-by-play action on the Zone Sports Network, beginning with a pregame show Saturday morning at 9. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Scotty, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard. Hey, remember, homie, finally the way real estate should be, full service, local agents, and you'll save thousands. Homie, a better way to sell. As we're live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. Come by and say hi. Love the good people at homie. Yes. Saving Hans Olsen thousands and thousands of dollars. Multiple times. Yes. And I do appreciate them. They do a great job. All right. So uh, Frank Dolce is with us as it's your Ute preview show. And uh, Frank, when you uh, look at this Washington State team and you see some of the issues they're dealing with, uh, I like Nick Rolovich of Hawaii. I like Nick Rolovich as a person. We've gotten to know him quite a, pretty well over the last couple of years and covering you know Hawaii at Mountain West Media Days and stuff like that. A uh, heck of a quarterback back in the day as well. But for some reason, it doesn't seem like it's clicking for him at Washington State. Well, I think Washington, Washington State's a difficult – that's a difficult place. Yeah. It's a little bit like – granted, I mean, I, they're in the Pac-12, so they have some resources. But it almost feels a little bit like Utah State in terms of it's kind of isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, you're competing against a team for recruits that can fly people re- in and out of Seattle really easily. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, you know – it's not easy to get to Pullman, nope. and it's not it's not a happening town. I mean, it's it's pretty tough, and so I I understand you know some of the issues they're dealing with, and so their margin of error is really thin, and if they if, if you don't have a coach out there that can make it go, it can fall apart pretty quickly on you. It I, yeah, it was the reason why I thought Mike Leach was such a like he he seemed to be the perfect fit. His personality and. And the way that he he was quirky enough, the way that he ran a football team. Um, it really was a good fit there, wasn't it? It was yeah. a good fit, yeah. And so I think you're going to need that kind of guy. And and hopefully, maybe Rolovich could have figured out. It wasn't about Leach being run out of there either, was it? No, it he was took about the, the Mississippi State yeah, It was about yeah. the offer that came yeah. in. Yeah. It wasn't about them putting pressure and him wanting out, was it? I don't think so. Not that I can tell. Yeah. No, I think they liked. I think they liked him. So, Frank, they like Leach. what type of lingering effects will there be from what was your starting quarterback just up and leaving the program in a given week? So you, you've been in that situation. Scott, you've probably been in that situation, too, where you have a guy that is the leader of your football team. But, but maybe, he, maybe that's just in name. Maybe that doesn't resonate through the football team. And... 
if that's the case and that guy leaves, then there's it's it's probably a sense of well we're just you know we're just moving on to the next guy and this next guy is a guy we really like mm-hmm. we voted him a captain and so i don't know how i mean b- based on what just happened i don't know how committed brewer was to the university of utah and if he's not necessarily that committed to the to utah was he committed to the team and did did, did that feeling did the team experience that kind of feeling from the quarterback position? So uh, it's an, it's interesting that it happened at this point of the year. I point directly to the transfer portal rule, which I still think is it's not perfected. But uh, but Utah now has a chance to move on with a guy who is absolutely committed. The team supports that. The team supports that is a. It is a team-voted position to be that team captain. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and based on the way that Utah's playing up front right now with the offensive line and and what Cam brings in terms of athleticism and escapability and the willingness to throw on the run and, and make some things happen with his feet, I think it's a better fit. I mean, that just didn't seem to fit with Brewer's skill set. So for Utah, I think... It seems like it feels like this is a step in the right direction on the offensive side. Still, lots of things need to be worked out, but but I think this is a step in the right direction for Utah offensively. I so you think Utah's better off for this long term? I mean, it's easy. I mean, you dealt with this like. I don't know if you were a backup quarterback who came into a game or whatever the case is, but there's always that little spark sometimes the new guy brings. But is Cam Rising better long-term for the University of Utah? Is that spark that he showed against San Diego State how he's going to be for the rest of the season? Or was that just kind of a little shot in the arm? Moment, momentary. Well, again, I think it depends on – certainly anyone's better with – any quarterback's better with a clean pocket. Um, and I think we, we saw Brewer be pretty good with a clean pocket, although at some point, even with a clean pocket, he wasn't great. Um, and so will, will rising be better long term if the pocket cleans up versus a guy like Brewer? Maybe they're similar. Under the current circumstances, I think rising is definitely the better option. And... And, um, I, you know, how that whole – that that battle between those two guys, my understanding is it was neck and neck. And Brewer got the nod because he had a few years of – like he had how many games of, of P5 experience? Any, any chance he had a promise? Any chance he had a promise about being a starter? Well, I don't know. I think this coaching staff – has been in the game long enough that that would be, I mean, that would be tricky. That would be tricky to manage. But you're also looking at a guy that has thrown for 10,000 yards. And so, um, you know, it's it's difficult not to give that guy a nod. Mm-hmm. Cam Rising doesn't have, just doesn't have the same game experience that, that Brewer had. All, everything indicates that Brewer was the right, decision leading up to the point that he 
didn't he wasn't as productive as we 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 thought he would be. Even against Weber State, his grades were high against Weber State. Offensive yeah. line grades weren't high. Yeah, the the offense's grades weren't real high, but his grades were high. Yeah, and the praise was high from Kyle Whittingham coming out of that Weber State game for Charlie Brewer. So, and the other interesting thing is people are talking about. Well, if you're a, if you're a coach, you should recognize this. You should understand that you know you have enough time with these guys to understand which quarterback should be the guy. The problem is, uh, you probably evaluate those guys in non a lot of non pressure situations. I mean, my my suspicion is that in a seven on seven drill, Charlie Brewer picked the defense apart. Like, always found the open guy. He was very accurate, mechanically very sound. Mm -hmm. Uh, In terms of, like, dropping back and throwing the football, I think he's better than rising. Like, mechanically better than rising. And so, when you're evaluating him in those situations, he he probably would would lead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get a chance to have him go in uh, in 11 and 11 full speed get after the quarterback and even if it is even if you do have live drill situations nobody gets after the starting quarterback you know scotty there's a point in me that wants to dive a little bit deeper now i'm what i'm going to do is i'm just i'm going to watch my hands of this and, and move on because there's no reason to to start to dig up dirt on sort a sort of like i did with your golf debt i washed my hands of it. yeah you did i appreciate that but there's a part of me that wants to dig a little bit deeper as to why he left Baylor. And I, I would like to know if there are some backstream, some voices in his ear, some, some people influencing him, whether it's family members, very likely family members, and, but people influencing of, hey, this, this, and this isn't going. This needed to happen. You, you need to... Uh, yeah, it just seems like, you know, he just left Baylor. Yeah. Now he's just leaving Utah, but he's leaving Utah in a lurch and in the middle of the season. I mean, I'm, I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to dig any, into it, but it does seem like there might be I, some voices. Well, I think it's pretty – honestly, I think it's it, it just comes down to the fact that Kyle Whittingham said, you're not going to start for me. He's thinking this is my last year. I can transfer. I still have my redshirt year. I can't play past four games, so why not just pull the trigger right now and be done with it? And probably there was somebody in his ear telling him the same thing. And so he's like, look, he, you know, when you go the mercenary route, the loyalty's not there. He, he has no ties to this community, no ties to this school, no ties to his teammates. He was brought in to help win games for one year. It didn't work out, so he's going to try to do it again in another team. Could it be that simple? Yes, but that's much less interesting. Yeah, and if it's that simple. I mean, that, let's create a little sorry. controversy. <laughs> well, let's stir the pot here. But I do. I, I mean, I do a lot agree. Of his inability or, or unwant to compete. Then you know, I I do agree with hands. Like the the transfer portal is not like the pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. No, there's a reason people transfer, and I think it's more likely that people transfer. Um, because they're, they don't live up, then it is somebody is really, really good and having success somewhere, that might, and then he decides to transfer. Well, that might be at, like, the G5 level going up to the Power 5. Could be. You know, because, that could be exactly. But, but going right. Power 5 to Power 5, 
That doesn't make a lot of and sense. And by the way, if there is that scenario where someone is really, really good and having a lot of success somewhere, and then he decides to transfer, is he going to end up at the University of Utah, or is he going to end up at Alabama? Or is he going to end up at Clemson? Or, 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 or a place that's well-known for quarterback, high-level quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, obviously, I'm a Utah guy. Nothing, I'm not denigrating the yeah, University sure. of Utah. I'm just saying, in the world of college football... If you're a big-time quarterback prospect, where are you going? Yeah, it's more likely that you're going to end up at... Uh, have, have we maybe seen the last of uh, Kyle Whittingham bring, bringing in transfer portal quarterbacks and giving them any type of, of reign? You mean because the three he has... Well, the two he has left and the one who just left are all transfer portal guys? Two of them from the same school? What? Texas. That's hilarious. What, what do you know about this, the, the backstory of some of the quarterback talent that's left the state without an offer from, from Utah? I, I, I've gotten plenty of excuses and reasons from everybody as to why, you know, there's, there were, there, there's all kinds of different reasons as to why, but it, it, it does seem weird that not only did they not choose Utah, they didn't get an offer from Utah. So Cam Cooper is one. Uh that's right. We, Wa- didn't, we, didn't, we didn't bring him up. Washington State. Uh, so you got Cam Cooper. You have Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart. And then you have uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Zach, Zach Wilson. And, I don't, and the current Corner Canyon quarterback, Brown. I, yeah, but a lot. Yeah, but Brown, I did hear that he is he committed to USC before he even came to yeah. Corner Canyon. He was from Arizona and then yeah. transferred up here. So maybe I, that one we can give a little bit of a break there. I don't. I don't understand. I don't know that I understand all of the issues surrounding surrounding that. Um, so Cooper didn't get an offer, the kid from Lehigh. Not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. Is this uh, an, an unwant to recruit Utah quarterbacks? Is that what – not feeling like the good, good quarterback resides here? But I don't know I don't because – well, and I'm not saying that it's a, a ton of them because Zach Wilson's so, the first homegrown quarterback that we've seen go through a program locally and in, in into the NFL, There correct? could be – in a, in a long time since Doman, maybe? Yeah, I'd say Doman. Doman is the last one to get drafted, I would think. So, there could be a thing about saving face, like Utah having conversations with these guys and having some indication that there's not interest in going to Utah, and so you don't make an offer because you don't want to be declined by, the in, by an in-state guy. I mean, I think that could be... Uh, consideration. Okay, but what works? But what looks worse? Not being, offering, being declined, yeah. or watching a guy go number two overall and not, not giving that guy. Well, a and, that, and that was a guy you knew you know. could have had too. You know, you knew that you chose Jack Tuttle ahead of Zach Wilson. Okay, I'm going to throw just a little rain on that. I have s- some information that. Uh, Breaking Utah. news, Sounder Lloyd. Here we go. <laughs> that Utah was not in the was not a priority, in, and I know that we all know which one you're talking about. But Utah was not a priority choice for that individual. So Zach Wilson wouldn't have gone to Utah if he was offered. I didn't say that. Well, he committed to Boise State first, right? Because it was the only offer he had. I, I believe so. Yeah. I think he was committed and then flipped to BYU. Yeah, it, no, he was. Yeah, okay. but it was it was the only offer. 
Yeah. There, there just wasn't a lot of interest. And, and, and so maybe we can't just look at Utah and be like, how do you not offer it? Well, nobody really offered. Nobody, but, nobody really offered. Nobody really offered. Uh, it was Fessy Satake who really recognized the talent. Fessy's the yeah. one that stepped in. and yeah. Fessy's actually made a couple of huge talent calls. If you just track some of the recruiting – and some of the talent that's developed into higher level college talent, Fessy's on the trail of a lot of those I guys. know. I think Fessy do, has done a fantastic job. And remember when you were questioning that hire by Kalani when he hired Fessy and you were, you were saying, oh, I don't know about this. It's kind of a head scratcher. I think Fessy's done a fantastic you, job are, there. What are you doing? <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm gonna just, I've, I've always been I'm just going to back away from that. <laughs> He just did him wrong like he did him on the golf course. That's messed up. Yeah, the blind side of me. Hanson Scotty here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Rich is with us. We are live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray. All right, 14 models, 0% financing. You're saving people thousands of dollars down here. That's right, and no blindsiding. No blindsiding. This is straight up. Straight up. Straight up in your face, uh, free money. So this is the best time to come in and get a car. You know what's hot them? Winter's right around the corner. This is the time you come in and start looking at cars and they, you know what, need to get ready, need to weatherize my car. Should I weatherize the car or should I just get another one? With free money, forget about fixing the old one. Yeah. Just get a fresh one. You don't need to drop uh, you know, a couple grand on tires. Just come down here and get a new vehicle. Let's get a go. new vehicle. Keep the two grand in your pocket. Let's you roll. No money down. Try and get a low, you know, no, no money down. Yeah. Zero percent interest rate. And I know it's been out for a few years, but that Altima... You get a sedan with all-wheel drive. That thing cuts right through the Utah snow. That's correct. Let's go. Come yeah. on down here. Check Can't it out. It. Um, also, too, the forever warranty, and we've talked about this forever. Huge fans of what you do down here. The uh, the Dally family has just been awesome in providing an opportunity for you when you buy a vehicle. As long as you own it, as many miles you want to put on it, it's covered. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's kind of crazy to even consider that because nobody really offers that ever. And it's groundbreaking. We started it two years ago. We still have it. We plan on having it forever. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. It's, it's not anything you can buy. You can't get it from the manufacturer. You can only get it from Tim Daly Nissan right here in Murray, Utah. Let's see somebody comes by here and they forget their wallet. You'll still hook them up, right? I'll hook them right up. They can bring the wallet no in. No money later. down. Hey, no money down. That's right. Keep the money in your wallet. Yeah, we want to make sure you get your wallet back, you know. <laughs> but we don't want we don't need to take anything out of it. Just a copy of your driver's license. That's it. That's it cuz we got to report it to the DMV and make sure you're safe and you're solid and you're tight. Four, uh, 4528 South State Street. Rich and his crew, they are here to help you out. It's Tim Daly Nissan in Murray right here on the Zone Sports Network.